talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they got to play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. Then throw Boyd in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how to really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe, Roger to go and get it. Never know what's gonna happen when Joe drop back. He gets shifty in the pocket, I get shifty on the track. Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap. Most all around team in the NFL, that's all facts. And came across nobody yet, it seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff. Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend. Right behind them, Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just drafted Cam and drafted Hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field We can't go back to what we was cause that's the loser way It's been hard to throw on us since we picked up a woozy It's like win after win, feel like we could really do it Zach Taylor doing his thing for the city, I give it to him And I bet Samaji will find a hole if you give it to him Hayden Hurst don't need a hole, he just plan on running through him Just hand it off to 28 and let him do the dash Getting hit by BJ Hill probably feel like a car crash Every week it seem like Lou digging deeper in his bag And if the game on the line, all my favorite money match I'm from the city where they gotta play us Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. And we ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. What do we say, dog? They gotta play us! That's right, they gotta play us. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trunapole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the back-to-back -back AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,322 subscribers. As always, I couldn't do this without you guys. But if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. Every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you got a question, you want to ask my boy Malik, anything about to sit down, you know, stay in the jungle, you just want to support the show, give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, and you know what? I'm wearing it today. I got the hat on. I got the straight out Cincy shirt on, but I wear it most days. Uh, Jackpotjoey9.com. If you want any of the hats or the uh, banner or any of that stuff, shirts, all that stuff, it's at uh, Jackpotjoey9. There it is. Jackpotjoey9.com. Portion of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund and the Joe Burrow Foundation. Also, the beer is out. So from what I've been told, right here, this beer right here, it's out in the cans. And you can get it at 
select Kroger's, meaning the big ones. What am I told? I'm not sure what the big ones are. I don't think the Delhi one is considered a big one because I don't think it's there. I wish it would be there. It'd be nice. But it is at Select Kroger, so make sure you guys go out there and get yourself some award-winning beer, delicious beer, and, of course, it's important, the greatest quarterback in the NFL, Joe Burrow. Also, make sure you guys sign up for the Joe Burrow, excuse me, Jackpot Joey, Cornhole Tournament. It is October 14th. It's going to be at Brink Brewery. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go to the Joe Burrow Foundation. Uh, you can sign up at Brink Brewery. All there, at, you can go there. They have a sign sheet at the bar. You can go there. Uh, you can sign up there. You can actually go to any of uh, Brink Brewery's um, websites or anything like that. They have them up there. So make sure you go sign up. It's going to be part of the Chili Fest. We'll have a great time. Go check that out. Also, next Friday, I think we'll be doing a live show for Brink Brewery. So we got you covered. We got the beer there. We got Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow's not going to be there. I wish he'd be there. That would be awesome. Maybe sometimes, Joe, if you ever, you know, want you're bored, you know, I know you get bored sometimes. You want to go on, on podcast, you know. Yeah, I, I know Malik's probably got a better shot of getting you on than I do. But, you know, come on. If, if you really want to, you know, come, come, come on, you know, like just give a guy a shot. Come on my show. Anyway, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Let's get to my boy. The reason everybody's here. And if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, why the hell not? You should follow him on Twitter. Watch the sit down. Watch uh, State of the Jungle. I had Evan McPhillips on last week. A week, week from uh, today, he was on last Tuesday. So I got his better half. I got Malik on. Let's get the Malik. What's going on, brother? How are you? What's going on, Jeff? Thanks for having me on. Long time, man. It's been a long I, time. Dude, I know. It's been a, been a minute. Last time I saw you, we were getting ready to go on a trip to Tampa. Yep. And we happened to be on the same flight. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a good trip. Down, down there in Florida, you'll beat the, the GOAT, uh, Tom Brady. I, I kind of like that trip. Yeah, man, it was a fun time. Uh, what a what a plane ride that was, man! All the Bengals fans yelling "Who day, Who day," and then the guy yelling "It's third down." So that, <laughs> right, exactly. that, was, that was all fun. <laughs> that was cool, man. That was cool. So, so it's been like I said, it's been a little while since you've been on. I mean, when you're when you're on before, it was just the right report, which is a great thing. There's not de- denoting it at all. But now you got you got the the sit down. You got the, the stay of the jungle. You got first star. I mean, you, you've kind of like big time on the amount, dude. I'm like, you're like, you're like blowing up, brother. Not big time, man. Um, you know, just giving back to the city of Cincinnati, man. Uh, so you guys were uh, instrumental to my growth. Obviously, uh, started, you know, breaking news for the Bengals and have has has since then, you know, just expanded to many different uh, sports teams and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, man, you know. It's been it's been a crazy crazy year. Uh, been having a great time. I know we've we've crossed paths several times throughout the year. It's at Bengals games, so on and so forth. But man, it's it's good to be back on with you, my man. It really is. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Seriously though, it's 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 been been, been a long time. But what is uh, I guess? All right, let's let's just get down. Let's get down to it. Friday night, mm-hmm. Bengals played the Packers. Yeah. Do we have to address the backup quarterback situation? Because I don't know about you, but neither one looked all that good to me. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with uh, any of the backup quarterbacks. I thought Browning looked a little bit more impressive than Trevor Simeon. Um, I just also think that is because uh, Browning might have a little bit more uh, juice as far as being able the ability to extend plays and uh, make things work for him. Uh, I think Trevor Simeon's a little older now. He's more of the traditional pocket passer. So um, I think that's why we were able to see a lot more um, – promise if you want to call it that from 
from Jake Browning, but still neither are really impressed. So you you sort of are left with the thought process that if Joe go, Joe Burrow goes down, respectfully, um, with food, <laughs> um, right? Um, I I I personally love Reed Sinnett. Personally, uh, I remember a couple of years ago in preseason, he diced us up. Uh, he made it look easy against us. So that's a guy that I um, that I've always liked. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to really see him, but he. Uh, to me, I think he, he he offers a lot more than both those guys. Yeah, I thought uh, Jake Browning actually played good last year in preseason, and I was kind of mm-hmm. actually I was kind of rooting for him to be honest to 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 be the backup. Now the problem is, you know, Trevor Simmons got thirty starts in the NFL. Jake yeah. doesn't, doesn't have any, but Jake knows the system better. And from what I've heard, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, TV, these guys actually go to Jake a lot of times uh, to to break down what you know what they're seeing compared to what he's seeing because you know Joe's too busy trying to figure figure out not not that. Joe can't help them, but you know Joe's trying busy trying to figure other stuff out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that says a lot about Jake and and how his teammates uh, respect his his opinion and stuff. Right, I I agree with you, man. I think it's going to be an uphill climb for him to obviously um, be you know win that number quarterback two battle. Uh, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, especially if he continues to have uh, better performances in the preseason than a guy like Trevor Simeon. So you're saying Nick Foles is is on a plane here? Is that, that, that we we, we break uh, news? If it was up, if it was up to me, I, I I would personally like for the Bengals to you know really go after the back of quarterback positions for the just in case factor. You just right. never know in the National Football League what could transpire. Obviously, we're all banking on Joey Burrow's health, and we're all banking on him to be healthy. But um, you certainly want to you know the quarterback the back of quarterback job is such an important job in the National Football League, and I feel like it's uh you it's one of those things where you don't realize how important it is until you need to turn right. to. It. Well, we all got scared, you know, the second day of practice when Joe comes up limping and first thing everybody's like, oh, it's his Achilles, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. Well, yeah. Mark, my boy Mark Slaughter got a video of him uh, running around and uh, uh, making passes and, and mm-hmm. looking fine. I mean, I mean, he wasn't running at 100%. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident he's – as long as he doesn't have a setback, he's going to be okay for week one. But to your point, the what-if factor – because, I mean, and I've said this because, I mean, I, I was – in, in Brandon Allen's corner, I, I I thought he was an okay backup. I mean, yes, we could have upgraded, but Malik, let's be, let's be real here. I mean, if Joe Burrow jackpot goes down, it's it's not going to look good no matter who the quarterback is. To be honest, yeah, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, that speaks to how great Joe Burrow is, right? I mean, he's that guy like that is so talented, and um, you know, I uh, I think when you look at it. You know, you don't want to ever find yourself in a situation in which Joe Burrow is not out there as the starting quarterback. So, um, for me, I just think the best route, the best course of action, because there's no replacing Joe Burrow if he ever wants to go down. So the best course of action is just get somebody that's comfortable with the system, that sort of knows uh, the timing of the routes right. and uh, sort of has, uh, you know, built a rapport with some of these receivers. Exactly. So, we are in what week three, I think, of training camp. What is, I guess, what is the storylines for you? That that you've noticed is it is it Yoshi Mania is it Chuck Sizzle is it Trey Henderson look like a freaking psychopath and making one hand catches? It's it's, it's it, I've got three storylines for you that have sort of stuck out for me. One of those storylines is going to be very hard to keep Jordan Battle off the field. I think Jordan Battle is going to wind up winning the safety job, and I've been an advocate of Jordan Battle. Um, I've said that for a while on, <laughs> on the show. I think that that I, you know me being an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, I had the fortunate I was fortunate enough to watch him play quite often I saw the way he was able to set the tone and be such a difference maker out there for his defense but uh the other one I would also say is uh obviously Yoshi has played really really great and there were some people that thought 
more were under the impression that it's going to be hard for Yoshi to crack the active roster, right? Because that was me. <laughs> because uh, the special teams ability of certain guys on the team, but Yoshi has also shown in, in practice that he can provide a lot um, in special teams as a gunner and things of that nature. So, um, and I think the next thing that kind of stuck out to me, um, I would have to say is. Um, so we said Jordan Battle, we said Yoshi, and then DJ Turner, the emergence of DJ yes. Turner, man. Yes. DJ Turner has played really, really great. And uh, I feel like that's going to be another guy that, you know, when you look at it, if you're looking at the future of the defensive back room for the Cincinnati Bengals, a guy like DJ Turner is going to have a lot to offer. Um, he's going to have a lot to offer, and he's a guy that I think can find himself in a long-term role sooner rather than later. He certainly impressed me. And shout-out to my man Drew Garrison. You know, he was pretty much uh, raving about him on the uh, – draft the, the first logistics draft party um event and uh yeah he was like the Bengals just got a great one in dj turner and i you know honestly i thought it was the michigan bias creeping in a little bit obviously i knew <laughs> dj turner was good but you know dj turner has turned a lot of heads in, in training camp and he even played really really well um in the first preseason game want to see more out of sydney jones too yes i wasn't, I wasn't too impressed honestly no he game. had beat too many times yeah so uh could be a little bit of rust there but we uh you know i'm, I'm hopeful so I mean, I'm I'm pretty much excited about the secondary in, in general, except mm -hmm. except for Ivy. Like I said, I, Ivy was there, but he got beat. I mean, I hate to say it, but it kind of reminded me a lot of Eli Apple. I mean, he was there, couldn't make the play. But I mean, in general, the the secondary, mm -hmm. like I think it has got to be one of, if not the fastest secondaries in the league. And I'm yeah. with you on, on Battle. I, I've I've said I think Battle. I, I said. By the end of the year, I think he's going to be a starter is what I've said. But anyway, let's mm -hmm. get to the speed of the secondary. Is this one of the fastest secondaries in the NFL right now? I mean, you, you have to say that it is, right? I mean, you look at it. Who else has a secondary quite like the Cincinnati Bengals? The Panthers maybe? I don't know. Um, when I look at it, the Bengals have a very, very good uh, uh, a very good secondary. And I think speed, right? It's almost, almost like that video game that came out a couple – back when I was a kid, it was need for speed. And I think that's one of those things that you – you always have a need for in the National Football League. Um, I agree with you, Keith Bradley, too. I wouldn't – and shout-out to Keith, man. He's always supporting my show as well. Um, I wouldn't sleep on DJ Ivy, too. That guy does have yep. speed, and his instincts, his ball instincts are really, really good. And he's a guy that I think that – obviously, sometimes it takes a little bit of um, – it takes a little bit of time to, to, to put it all together. Um, so I'll, I'll be slow to judge on DJ Ivy. However, I do think – I do I am very, very hopeful for what he's going to bring to the table. Um, but to answer your question, I do think the Bengals might – have the fastest secondary in the National Football League, which is good. Oh, absolutely, especially with with the replacing of two great safeties. I mean, I mean, it's going to be hard to replace uh, Bell and, and Bates, but uh, I, I think I loved the the drafting of Battle, and I, I've said this, like I said, I, I've said this for a long time. But I think and nothing gets Scott, but I think Battle by the end of the year has a chance to be either the starter or as get as many snaps as a start as a starter oh, yeah. there because oh yeah. Just his, his his football intellect. I mean, he's a captain of Alabama. That says a lot right there. Mm -hmm. And just 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 knowing where to be at the right time, and, and he always does that. Yeah. And, and I think if he if he you got him that frees up, um, frees up up uh, 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 Oh, geez, I can't think of the other safety now. Twenty three. Um, Dax Hill. Dax Hill. Thank you. Frees up Dax Hill to to be more uh, a freelance, which I is where I think Dax is better at. So that's where I think Battle could be more like Bell. And uh, he, he could be more like uh, Bates was. I'll tell you what. I'll make you. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something better. I think. I think Jordan Battle's ceiling a lot is a lot higher than Von Bell's. Okay, I think Jordan cool. Battle is very rangy. I think Jordan Battle can do a lot of uh, great stuff there on the football field. But he's also has the ability to take over as that enforcer on the uh, defense side of the ball. I think both of those guys can 
uh, be in, can 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 do each other's position. I think Dax Hill could play strong safety if he needed to play in the box, if he needed him to play the deep safety if he needed to. And I think Jordan Battle has the same exact tangibles to do those things as well. And um, I just think people have saw just a small glimpse of Jordan Battle and what he's able to bring to the table, um, especially in that first preseason game, though, that that uh, quick pass breakup in the end zone uh, yes. that he had. His his ball instincts are second to none. And again, I, I you know, I often told people this uh, being a Crimson Tide fan, people, um, a lot of people thought the other safety over in Alabama was the better safety out of the two. But I said, what people didn't realize was Jordan Battle allowed him to be able to play right. at your point as freely as he did. But right. if Jordan Battle was tasked to play with freely, freely as he did, I think you'd see the same exact results. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let slide you, your Crimson Tide fan. I mean, we all, we all got our, our flaws. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Malik. No, no okay. yeah. Now, Zach's got a – this was actually my next one, which I am kind of concerned about this. He, he said, who do you think snags the RB2 role? Which, mm-hmm. with Travion not playing, I, I thought it was his to lose. But – uh, Chase Brown looked pretty good to mm-hmm. me. It comes down to who can pass block. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that. That's the biggest thing for me is RB two. Who could pass block the best? Chris Evans, from what I've heard, is getting better. Uh, you know, I, but I'm honestly, Malik, I'm not sold on any of them right now. I thought mm-hmm. Travion was going to be a guy, but we haven't seen him out there. He's gotten hurt, which has happened to him a lot. What's your thoughts on the RB two role? I think it's going to be Chase Brown. So I think Chase Brown's going to wind up winning it. You don't draft a guy that high uh, without the. Uh, the, without the uh, mindset that that guy is going to be the RB2 here in uh, in Cincinnati. Now, obviously, I think it could be a, a RB2 role in Cincinnati. could be a running back by committee sort of thing where everybody sort of has a hand in it that I don't think we might – I think we could see a situation where we don't see an, a traditional – RB two, but oh, let's 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 not just you know let's let's not just put the onus on the running back to be able to pass block. Joe Mixon has to improve as a pass block. He, right? he ha- that that yeah. is a must so, this year. He has and, to do that. And, and, and so I think, and I you know you heard some of the coaches talk about it before. It's more just about trusting himself, just being able to trust himself out there and and believe what he's um believe in believe in himself a little bit more. And I think that's going to be very very cr- critical because the fact of the matter is what we're what we're inadvertently doing is we're essentially putting the onus on um, a younger player, such as a rookie or a a player in year two or year three to pick up that role of what Samaj P. Ryan sort of left behind when he left us for Denver. Um, And that's just not fair. Then at at some point you need your running back one, you need your, your uh, bell cow to be able to um, pass block because you can't be, you can't be able to, you can't be in a situation where you tip your hand consistently as to what you're doing. And the fact of the matter is if Joe Mix is able to sure up, his pass blocking ability, we're able to see Joe Mixon be able to flourish more in the passing game as well, because that's something that he did at Oklahoma. And I feel like, um, you know, a repeated record consistently every single year. That is a, uh, that is an evolution in Joe Mixon's game. That is a piece of Joe Mixon's game that we still have yet to unlock here in Cincinnati is his ability um, as a, from a receiving standpoint. We saw how um, we saw him step up last year. Uh, he had one of his best, he had his best year from a receiving standpoint, but now we need to be able to put it all together. Joe Mixon is able to pass block better. I think this offense becomes a little bit more dynamic because you just don't know what an offense is doing. You don't tip your hands to these defensive coordinators. Now, the other thing we have to worry about is, unfortunately, Joe Mixon you know, has the, the trial and everything that is going on right now. And even if he doesn't get convicted of anything, the NFL has been known to still suspend him, You know, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that is a, a thing that the Bengals have to take into uh, fruition here. That it, it could happen. I mean, he could. we could be a couple games without Mixon. And that, that tomorrow, that, that's the part that, that's scary to me is, we're worried about RB2. I mean, what if we have a couple of games where Mix is not here? I mean, Samar J stepped up last year. 
one of these guys has got to step up, and, and mm-hmm. it could be Chase Brown, uh, it could be Travion, but I haven't, I haven't seen that yet. Of who is, who is the guy? Like, all right, this is my, this is my job. I'm taking this yet, and I haven't seen that yet. That, that's the scary part for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Somebody's gonna have to step up. It's gonna be very interesting to see who who, who is able to. And I see, uh, what is it, Tabor? Tabor? Uh, I'll probably say his name. Same wrong. He wants to know uh, who will get the uh, kick or punt return role. Um, and you mentioned Yoshi Vosh, and, and, and Yoshi actually was taking some some kick returns, which I mm-hmm. thought was going to be a running back. But Yoshi could be. I, I, I thought it was going to be Chuck Sizzle as far as the punt return, but with him having the uh, shoulder labor. Yeah. 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 So uh, that, that's kind of up in the air. What, what's your thoughts on the uh, punt and kick return? I'd I, I really love to see Chris Evans take it. I would, I I'd really too. love to see yeah. that. But, um, you know, it's, he's got to. He's got to have the ability to practice the same way he plays and earn these coaching staff's trust. That's what it has. That's what has to happen. And uh, as long as he's able to do that, I think that uh, this could be his job to lose. He, Chris Evans is very dynamic out there. We saw it in spots when he was in the uh, kick return, you know, duties last year, and that's something I want to continue to see. I um I think he's in a prime spot to be able to, able to win that job because of uh Chris, because of Charlie Jones's injury. Because I also just don't know if there's too many more uh, pieces on the team that can truly threaten threaten um, you know his spot. Well, that's one thing. Chris Evans is, is one of the most frustrating Bengals for me because I've seen so many times where he's made just unbelievable plays, which I I believe in him that he can do this, but he just doesn't do it enough. And that's one thing I'm always wondering is is it is he doesn't have his head in a playbook? And the coaches don't trust him. And they go, I mean, Malik, what is it? Why is why can't Chris Evans? First of all, just get on the field to, to make plays. What have you heard? Um, to be honest with you, it, it's been all quiet on fronts in terms of what the issue is with Chris Evans. The only thing that I could point to is that this coaching staff has always preached about being consistent, right? Being consistent and uh, doing things the, the correct way, practicing the correct way, playing the correct way, um, you know, being trustworthy while you're out there. And all that starts on the practice field, all that – you know, I, you know, you heard rumors, um, I want to say last year, or even um, beginning of last year, that he probably wasn't necessarily the best practicer. Um, but again, those were just rumors. Those weren't reports that I couldn't necessarily verify. But I, I certainly think if that's, if, if there's a reason why that guy isn't on the football field, because we, he's proven that he could play, right? We right. saw it in the Detroit game. Right. We saw it in the Kansas City Chiefs game. So we do know he's dynamic enough. We do know that he has the ability to make plays while he's out there. What's the thing keeping him from actually, um, you know, being a, a a regular in this offense, and that's the one that I could look at is just consistency. Right, right, exactly. Now let's get get to the offensive line. Now, the the good thing is, I'll, I've said this since the day they they signed Orlando Zeus Brown, which I went absolutely freaking nuts, and I went live at like midnight and just freaking out that we signed mm-hmm. him. And I, I was like, Jonah Williams going to move, or he be a right tackle. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, I've I've said this a couple times that. I think they have a good chance of keeping L, putting him on the pup list for six weeks or whatever, and then bring him back, mm-hmm. and he could be our, our backup. Now, the thing is, people th- say I'm crazy, but I mean, with Joe, with Jax Carmen's performance Friday night, I don't think that's so crazy anymore. I mean, what what's your thoughts on on keeping L as your your swing tackle, your backup guy for one year? I mean, I I, I, I don't see there any world where Lyle Collins is cut. You know, you, you a guy like that, you you want on your football team. Also, be, be, let's be mindful as well. And, you know, we talk about this on State of the Jungle a lot. You know, Lyle Collins, a large portion of his contract is all about playing, right? It's a yep. performance-based. It's being out there. So guess what? If you're if he's not playing, you're saving money. So, um, you know, 
We don't know when he's going to be ready to go back out there. We don't know when he's going to be ready to play. But the fact of the matter is, he's a guy that I, I look at and I say, you know what? He um, it does more it does more good than um, than you know, the harm to have him on the team. Right. At the very least, when he when he was out there and he was playing, you know, he was able to help solidify some some parts of the offensive line, and he was starting to put it all together before the injury um, that that took place. But he's a guy that I still think has a lot to offer. And um, I, I'm still not convinced he's not one of our better offensive linemen when he is healthy. So, and, and the thing is, Malik, I mean, the last two years, the the biggest problem that the Bengals have had is injuries on the offensive line yeah. and our backup guys. And I mean, uh, what better to have as a backup is Lyle Collins? I mean, that, that that's uh, to me, it's a no brainer to keep him. Now, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on 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 Ford? Because I've I've heard, I mean, they they signed him, said he can, you know, compete for the right tackle job. I don't think any of us actually believe mm-hmm. that. I think he's he's been a guard his whole career. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a guard. But he's actually starting to look pretty good as a backup guard. What's your thoughts right. on him? Um, yeah, I don't think he's a serious contention for the, for the right tackle job. I think he is his position as we're looking at as guard. And honestly, you got to feel good about the Bengals' offensive line depth this year. Um, I forgot who it was that had tweeted out, but they said, you know, when the Bengals make some cuts, they're going to be some really good players that they're going to be have to uh, – that are that, that are no longer going to be on the team, and and that's what I look at. I think Cody Ford is a guy that the Bengals basically took a flyer on and said, "Hey, you know what? We like this guy coming out of college, and they certainly did like him out of coming out of college. They also like Juwan Taylor. They had their eyes on, on a lot of these guys before the Buffalo Bills scooped up and took him, and the Jaguars took him. So it's one of those things where Frank Pollock and uh, the coaching staff believe that they could fix him. It'll be interesting to see if that is going to be the case. Um, at the very least, I think having a guy like Cody Ford on your football team who has started numerous games in the National Football League." is a positive because guess what? Now you're walking – let's say, God forbid, you do have an injury uh, like you sustained last year. You're not, you know, bringing guys on from the practice squad, you know, to essentially fulfill into starting roles who have never been thrusted into starting roles at all throughout their playing career. So having a guy like um, Cody Ford on the football team is, is, is important. Now what's your thoughts about Sharping? Uh, I love Sharping. Steph- well, what about center? Because that, that's where they, they've been moving him over there. You think he's actually got a shot at being the backup center? Here's what I'll say to this. I think the more versatile you are, the better it is for you. Max Sharping already got, is a guy that has starts under his belt, playoff starts under his belt for the Cincinnati right. Bengals, and regular right. starts under his belts. The more uh, the more basically tools he can have in the tool shed, the better it is for him. So God forbid if there's a situation where Teddy K goes down or if there's a situation where Trey Hill has to be slotted over, or maybe there's a matchup that you just like better. It, it speaks to the the guy's mental, uh, the his mental game, you know, the fact that they're they're willing to trust him uh, to take reps at center because the fact of the matter is to be a center in the National Football League, you have to be smart. You have to have the chops. You have to know what you're talking about. So they he's a guy that's already proved that, hey, I could do – the guard, uh, I can be a starting guard if need be. I can definitely be a backup guard. This is a guy that was highly touted uh, coming out of college. And uh, even when he was on the Houston Texans, it didn't pan out there. But he looked good. He looked yeah. good for the Cincinnati Bengals in spots last year. He certain, st- certainly struggled as well. But the fact that he's taking snaps at center, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think that's more so the more versatile you can be, the more tools you have in the tool shed, the more valuable you are to this football team. So what, what's your thoughts on Jackson Carmen right now? Because – I'll tell you this. Like my, my thought was, he's going to be. And I remember, <laughs> I remember you on the draft night because <laughs> you couldn't tell me who who they were going to draft. You knew you knew they were going to get Jackson Carmen, and you weren't weren't happy about it. So I, I do remember that. But what's your thoughts on him? Because I thought that Jonah Williams is most likely going to be gone after this year, and hopefully after what Jackson did in the uh, Baltimore or uh, Buffalo game last year, he built on that. Now, saw so him Friday night. <laughs> it looks so good. 
what do we do with this kid? I mean, he's a Cincinnati kid. He wanted to be a Bengal. I mean, I, I just I get growing more and more frustrated with the, with this guy. Um, my thoughts are uh, you should you should allow the offensive line, the people that are that are um, that are on this that are coaching this football team that you're paying money to um, draft players to do their job. You shouldn't rely on all former offensive line coaches to uh, sway you into taking a kid because then you get results like this just because you trained the kid. The fact of the matter is um, we all wanted to see Jackson Carmen pan out when the Bengals drafted him. None of us, and I say none of us, a majority of us did not like the pick. You know, We felt like there were better options uh, sitting out there potentially. Like the kid, like Tavon, what was the kid's name? Tevin Jenkins, the kid yes. that went to yes. the Chicago Bears. I'm understanding he had back injuries, but so did Jackson Carmen, right? Um, and we started to see how he's been pl- starting to pan out. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, it was one of those situations where probably should have just went with a known quality in uh, BPA in that situation. And Tevin Jenkins certainly was the best player available at that point. But uh, in terms of what you do with Jackson Carmen, you 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 have you sort of give them the benefit of the doubt because he has a second round pick and you don't want to cut a second round right. pick. It's just right. not one of those things you want to do. It's like when you drafted Drew Sample and you knew, oh, holy damn, that was a reach. You don't. What do you what do you? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, what do you do in that situation? Do you just cut the guy or do you hopefully you know continue to work with him and and, and think that this can uh, pan out? Um, Jackson Carmen showed flashes at the left tackle position uh last year to the point where people were like oh well he can he can battle maybe, Tony Williams, right? maybe he can I, <laughs> I don't know man i i think the best i think i think the best uh, I, I, I think i think the best uh course of action for jackson carmen is let him continue to take reps as the backup left tackle uh hoping that it never has to result in that because that is the only position that he's seen somewhat competent in right, right. tackle the guy looked lost out there guard yes. He looked lost out there. So give him a chance to continue to try to win the backup left tackle job so Jonah doesn't ever have to come over to left tackle. Jonah continue to be the right tackle in the event um, Orlando Brown can't go a game or something like that. That's the only That's the only way I see this guy. Uh, I see it making sense for the Bengals and making it, making sense for him. But uh, if, you're, if you're asking me what I think you're asking me, am I a believer in Jackson Carmen? Um, I, I, I knew that. I knew that two years ago. <laughs> yeah. I knew that answer then. Um, so, all right. So, going forward, and this is future, but you got Jonah Williams, you got Lyle Collins. Both are, are free agent. Wait, Lyle's a free agent after this year, right? Am I am I correct on that? Or is he... mm, no, he's got. I think he's got two more years. Two okay, years. he's got two more years. All right, yeah. so that's another gr- good reason to to keep him um, because I think Jonah's going to cost. A lot more money because if he proves he can play right tackle and he proves he can play left tackle, he's gonna make himself even more valuable. Mm-hmm. So going forward, then if Lael has a a a healthy season, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that he would be our right tackle. I don't see them spending the money to to resign Jonah. I, I think which if if Lael is healthy, I think he's a he's a hell of a right tackle. He, he actually might be better than Jonah at right tackle when he's healthy. Uh, Lael Collins, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lyle Collins is the best right tackle on the team when healthy. Um, now we've heard reports that uh, you know Jonah Williams looks great. You know, you won't even know he's making the transition into right tackle. You know, yada yada yada. Well, listen, we'll see when the game starts. Um, 
Uh, obviously, you hope the best for Jonah Williams because the fact of the matter is, regardless of what the Bengals and Jonah Williams went through, if Jonah Williams winds up having a stellar season at right tackle, there's no way in the world the Bengals don't try to keep that guy because right. it's so hard to keep offensive linemen in the league, especially what is their philosophy, draft, develop, retain. That has always been their 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 go-to. And, you know, you, you root for a guy like Jonah Williams. Listen, and people said coming out of the draft, if you remember, they were asking, hey, do you think you'll play right tackle? Do you think you play guard? Nope. He wanted to stay. He was staying steadfast. Hey, he grew up watching Joe Thomas. That was his that was his guy. And, you know, he was adamant on being a left tackle in the National Football League. And if you ask me, it's not really about that. I think it's about the financials aspect of it. I think a lot of players think that hey, if, I'm a, if I'm a left tackle, I get paid more than than, than right tackles in the league. The fact that but is that is that so true anymore? Because I mean, right tackles are getting some money now too. I think I, I don't think it's necessarily true. I think it right. was. I think it's the old adage. I think it was true at one point in time. But I think that if you're a good tackle in the National Football League, because it's hard to find good tackles, teams will pay for that. And guess what? If Jonah Williams has a great season as the right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, not only will the Bengals come calling for him, but other teams will come calling for him. It's up to the Bengals to to make sure that they're able to keep that guy in the fold. Because guess what? The Bengals don't want to restart again. They don't want to look at this as like. You know, uh, we don't. You know, if they didn't think the relationship was salvageable, man. You know, and fixable. Right. Right. They, they would have. They would have traded him. They would have right. traded him. Right. Exactly. Now, speaking of contract negotiations, and I was, I, I'll admit it, I was surprised that Trey Henderson got resigned or, or extended. I thought once they drafted Miles Murphy, I really thought that Trey might. This might be his last year. They might cut him and, and to save money for for Joe and T. Now they, not long did they extend him, they went and resigned uh, uh, Logan Wilson. So. I had this crazy thought because I mean I'm still wondering what the hell is saying is holding to sign Joe Burrow because Sherbert signed. When I say Sherbert, I mean Herbert. He signed. Get Hurts signed. You know those are the ones he's waiting on. So you know who you got to beat. What are they waiting on? Is my crazy thought was is Joe waiting for everybody else to sign and then they have a better number of how he can restructure not restructure but structure his contract, which I, I think is crazy, but it is a, it's a thought because. What, what, what's taking so long, you think, Malik? Yeah, Jeff, I'll be honest with you, man. And, you know, I'm always truthful with you. I have no idea. Right. I have no idea, man. I, I don't have the answers there. I just think that the, the Bengals and Joe Burrow sides have both been very, very mum on it. I, mm-hmm. I was just told several times it'll get done when it gets done. And that's that. And I've been respectful to the process of not checking in on that and not asking more because, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you should handle it with a little bit of more, a, a little bit respect, um, you know, and I think the Bengals are doing that, honestly speaking. And here's what I'll say as well, man. Um, I, I'll say this. I think the Bengals have done a great job this offseason of doing the things that they were supposed to do, whether it's reworking Joe Mixon's contract, reworking Trey Hendrickson's contract, getting Logan Wilson in the fold, because that's a guy you certainly wanted to keep. You didn't want this to play out long like the Jermaine Pratt situation played out when you didn't think you were able to get a Jermaine Pratt back. Right. Um, and you think you want to work on getting guys like T. Higgins and Joe Burrow both back into the fold as well to make sure you can, you know, this crop, this core can stay together long term. So kudos to the front office for making the right decisions because there were so mom- there were so many times where people are saying, well, the Bengals have to rework or restructure. I'm sorry, uh, Joe, Joe Mixon's contract. Now, I say that word rework because they don't look at it as a true restructure, right. um, but. Um, they did. They've done. They they basically passed all the colors this off. They've passed all all everything in this offseason with flying colors. Everything that they were supposed to do, they have done. And they Malik, they've done stuff that like honestly, dude. I've like I've been a Bengals fan my entire life. I'm 48 years old. Mm-hmm. They've done stuff I've never seen Bengals teams do. Nobody ever restructures. They never ask people to restructure. Mm-hmm. Your contract, your contract. Yeah. And here the stuff that players are saying, like Logan Wilson, he goes, I, I want to play for Zach Taylor. 
Right. Pratt wants to play for for this team. These guys mm-hmm. love each other. And, and we us Bengals fans throw that out there a lot. But it's real, man. I mean, just like T. Higgins was, was saying about Tyler Boyd and Chasing, he goes, these are my, my brothers. These are my boys. I'm like, mm-hmm. they're, this team is legitimately a family more than – and I'm not trying to blow this up. More than any team I, I, that I can remember because mm-hmm. they generally love hanging out with each other because I've heard other beat writers saying they'll hang out you know, after practice and playing cards or playing ping pong or whatever when they don't have to. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something that is – really unique to actually have in, in the NFL. I mean, you've been around a little while. Have you, have you seen a more closer team than the Bengals are right now? No, I mean, I just think that speaks to the culture that Zach Taylor and them have set forth, honestly. Um, it, it's a band of brothers playing together, uh, playing together for a common goal. They want to bring a Lombardi trophy to Cincinnati. The only team that I could think of even closely resembles this remotely is maybe the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And they talked about how how close all those guys were from a relationship standpoint. So, yeah, it's one of those things where I, uh, you haven't seen anything like that, but that's also a credit to Zach Taylor. It's credit to the Brown, uh, the Blackburn family, for bringing in the right guy to lead the ship because at that point, you know, even Zach Taylor wasn't the sexy name. Not everybody wanted Zach. People didn't want Zach Taylor, but it's just like, who is this guy? You know, I didn't guy, know who he was. <laughs> he was a fail. He was a failed offense coordinator at UC, and, you know, you had all the reasons to think that of, of why it wasn't going to work, but nobody talked enough about why it would work. And you talk about relationship aspects, relationship building. I'll tell you something funny. Uh, Zach Taylor and I share a similar um, uh, a similar uh, uh, chiropractor slash massage therapist, right. and uh, they always talks about how uh, how awesome of a person that he is. And every you know, I can't. I've just moved to the city last year, and uh, everything that I've ever heard, everything that I've ever heard uh, about Zach Taylor is how personable he is. Right. Um, he took the time after he took the time after um, his interviews at the NFL combine to speak with me for a good seven minutes. We mm-hmm. just talked and uh, there was just a one-on-one conversation. And the guy was just so humble and so awesome. And, you know, um, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. And I can understand why his players play for him. I can understand why people like him and I can understand why the culture he's built in Cincinnati has been successful. It's because the person leading the charge. So I have nothing but great things to say about Zach Taylor. The Bengals, yeah, Bengals lucked mean, out really by getting him as their head coach. You're not kidding at all. Cause I mean, I've met him a couple of times. I've never had like an actual sit down conversation with him, but my crazy ass is done down at Bengals practice enough times where he, he recognizes me and doesn't know who I am. I just, I think, you know, you know, you see me enough times and I've had a couple of pictures taken with him or whatever. I said, Hey, I'll see you at practice and every time he, and it might just be tongue in cheek. I don't know. But every time he sees it, he goes, I know you will. And I believe him. I believe he knows that I'll be down there. I'll be up on the bridge or I'll be at practice or whatever. And that just goes to me that, that Zach not only cares about his, 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 his players, but he cares about the city compares mm-hmm. about, it feels, about the fans. It, it, even, even the thing he does outside after playoff games, he goes out to bars and hand out yes. game balls. It's, this is truly like a college, uh, college football team. It almost feels like it's very uh, band together, you know, band of brothers. And, you know, it, it's really, really remarkable to see what they're building in Cincinnati. Really. Exactly. Is. Exactly. It, it's it's very unique. And I'm just, I, 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 just, like I said, just being a Bengals fan forever and, and just enjoying this is, is just, is just remarkable. Now mm-hmm. let's get to, all right, where, where are you at as far as going into to this season? Now, one thing that I've noticed going down to practice is, some people agree with me. Some people don't. I think Zach's Zach's practices have been more more intense. The guys have been more focused. Not that they're not focused before, mm-hmm. but it just seems more 
emphasis like, all right, we are here to do work. We're here to get going. And nobody said this. This is just my own personal opinion. I think they are focused on getting off to a good start to try to get that number one seed. And it's oh, yeah. not like they got to they got to you know 0 2 start last year, but they didn't get to, to uh, you know three and 0, 4 and 0, 5, 6, you know, get off, make people chase us. Do you do you feel that from from what you've been uh, covering with the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with listen. They've they have, they're they're ready to contend for a championship. They look right. a team that's ready to contend for a championship. They've been close. They've been in the Super Bowl. They've been in the AFC Championship, and they understand what this is supposed to look like. They understand what the process is supposed to look like. The cool thing about this team, right? It's not like it was a, a veteran coach coming in who's won Super Bowls and came to Cincinnati and sort of changed everything night and day or even an offense coordinator that won a bunch of Super Bowls. This is a guy that came in and was learning on the fly and learning as he went, right. uh, was went through a lot of trial and error. Right? But once he did go through it, he was able to, uh, they were able to realize, okay, what made us successful? What made us a successful football team mm-hmm. last year? And what made us a successful football team last year was practicing the right way, being right. consistent, you know, holding each other accountable. And it feels like the practices are, Intense. It's iron sharpening iron, right? Right. I'm right. so excited to see uh, the growth of the defensive backs. Listen, I, I, Cam Taylor Britt, DJ IV, Cheetah Bay Wuzier, who's the guy most? DJ Turner. DJ Turner. They, yeah. they, they are going to be so battle tested. Mm-hmm. No pun intended there about Jordan Battle, but they're going to be so battle tested. Um, when the season starts, because you're going to be against arguably the best receiver in the National Football League and arguably, the, not arguably, the scariest wide receiver trio in the National Football League. Practice in, practice out, day in and day out. That is what you're going against. So, of course, iron sharpens iron. Of course, you're going to get better. So when you have to line up across the football field from a, 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 a Monron St. Brown, it won't feel that difficult because right. you're going against Jamar Chase T. Higgins every single week in practice. When you line up against Odell Beckham or Rashad Bateman, it's not going to feel like something that right. uh, that that you're that that's foreign to you because you're used to going up against you know elite receivers all the time. So right. I think that that is really special, and I think that's the same thing for offensive line. Like people like Alex Kappa going up against DJ Reader in practice each and every single day. Of mm-hmm. course you're going to get better. Of course you're going to be ready. You're going up against arguably the best nose tackle in football. So uh, you know it, it's it's um it, it, it's it's really really cool to see the talent uh, really you know, take the next step forward here in Cincinnati. And I, I do expect the Bengals to have a really, really special season. Now, one thing, I, you you brought up my boy, DJ Reader, who I, I think is an absolute sham that he's not made an all-pro or a Pro Bowl. Um, but I am a little worried um, that they might not resign him because he is getting closer to 30. But my thing is, Malik, is they don't have anybody to replace him. And when he's not there, our run defense is not the same. I mean, what's your thoughts on, on getting on DJ getting resigned? Here's what I'll say: I, I I wouldn't worry about that right now. That's what I'll say. Uh, I know this because it was said to me. People like Logan Wilson, people like DJ Reader were fixtures on this football team, and people that they wanted to be here in Cincinnati. Right, and they felt like they got DJ Reader at a point in time where he was entering into his prime. He wasn't really talked about a lot. No, it was an unsung. You know, it was an unsung type of move you talk about trey hendrickson trey hendrickson wasn't was was talked about uh you know as oh he was only um been able to put up big numbers because he played alongside cam jordan and people saw the numbers put up his first year in cincinnati and it's like oh this guy's actually good so you know they they it shows you 
how important they viewed Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson is probably the only true pass rush specialist on the football team, proven pass right. rush specialist on the football team, because you're hoping Joseph Asai takes that next step. Um, DJ Reader is the only proven dominant interior line defensive lineman on this football right. team. If you don't believe that, go watch the, the playoff game against Tennessee. <laughs> Just right. go watch that video. Watch him. Right. So I, I think that of course, these guys are going to be people that they're going to hope to bring back. I don't just I don't see a world or foresee a world in which they just want those guys to walk out the door. It just wouldn't make a lot of sense. I hope not because I, I love DJ and mm-hmm. not only because I, I I love him, but he's a great player and I think we mm-hmm. just have we don't have anybody to replace him. Now, one thing another thing I, I've I've thought about here, and now you brought up Trey Henderson. And I know they're going to try to get less snaps for for him this year because I think him and Sam wore down. Now with uh, Miles Murphy and and Osai there. This is another thing just uh, for me thinking. Everybody's excited about the NASCAR package, you know, third down possibilities. Like, I think there's a chance they might put them out there more than just third down. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because if you can get, because um, Lou said this before, if you get pressure with just your front four or front three, that makes your secondary even better. What you, you think they're going to have those four out there more than just on third downs, or are Lou's going to mix and match? Or what do you think? I don't know what Lou's going to do. I just know every defensive coordinator obviously would want uh, the ability to rush the pass rushers uh, with uh, the defensive alignment. It, it go dating back to the Mike Zimmer days. It's it's one of those things where it's every defensive coordinator's dream to be able to get pressure on uh, the opposing quarterback from the defensive line. So if Miles Murphy is a guy that's able to show consistency in practice and he's able to, you know, even show that consistency inside a game in limited reps, and of course he's going to be a hard guy to keep off the football field. Listen, it's hard to keep good football players off the football field. It's why a guy like, uh, um, Jordan Battle is going to be is going to be super tough to keep off the football field as well. Exactly, and, and I'm I'm really excited for for Joseph Osai as I hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going to be better for Trey Henderson. I think he's going to get less snaps. They're going to have more of a rotation, kind of what, mm-hmm. what Zim did uh, back back in, in you know when he did in the, the uh, five year playoff run where it might be more of a rotation. I don't know. Either way, I think our pass rush is going to be better this year. Than it was last year, which our pass rush still wasn't awful. We just didn't get to the quarterback. We had a lot of pressures. We just didn't actually get the quarterback on the ground. I think we got a shot to get the quarterback on the ground. I agree. And I agree. And I and, and um I, I think the same thing goes for you know when you look at the ability that Mike Hilton brings to the table, uh the ability to rush the passer. You have so many different ways that you can sort of try to generate pressure on the quarterback, whether that be uh from the defensive line, the defensive end, defensive ends, you know, uh cornerback coming out of the slot. So it's going to be really, really fun and unique to see the way they use Mike Hilton this year, especially with the added uh, additions to defensive back room. All right, Crip Keeper here said, they asked this a little while ago. Uh, he said, after Friday night's uh, game, I don't see Murphy dressing all year, all year long. What's your thoughts? I think he's going to dress all year. What, no, I think, he's going to, I think he's going to dress. He's a first-round pick. He's going to dress for sure. And I think he, at the very least, you're, you're obviously waiting for him to take the next step um, as a uh, – as a pass rusher, but as a run stuffer, you saw a lot of flashes already. Hey, Malik, I, I appreciate you coming on. You've been on for 46 minutes. I know you're a busy guy. Tell everybody where they can find you. If they don't know, then they've been on a rock. Tell them about the, your, all, all the stuff you got going on, man. Uh, yes, man. I appreciate you, brother. Um, you could follow me over on the Sit Down with Malik Wright's YouTube channel. Uh, I host a few shows, Sit Down with Malik Wright and State of the Jungle, uh, which is live every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, all presented by First Star Logistics, and uh, make sure you get First Star Logistics a follow too. We've got some fun stuff planned yeah. this football season. Joe Goodberry just joined the fold. Uh, obviously, you guys know Lapham is the original, the OG First Star Logistics, and uh, again, really, really proud 
of uh, everything that we've accomplished so far together. And I'm just I'm excited to see what um, this upcoming football season holds. And make sure you guys continue to follow, follow my guy, Jeff, man. He's doing a great job, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. I will, I will be checking you out a lot a lot more this year than I did last year. I, I just, well, Christmas comes around, I get busy at work, but I will definitely check out okay. you. Appreciate you, know, you, brother. You know when I'm on there, I'll, I'll make comments and stuff. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Appreciate you, Malik. Yes, sir. Right. See you. Good day, brother. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Go follow Malik. Like I said, he's an awesome dude. Great show. Like I said, he's come on a couple of times. I appreciate the support he's given me over the years and everything. And like I said, he, he knows his stuff. Anyway, let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They are Houday Nation, Houday Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Radical Reds, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar. And then, of course, you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and Threads. Uh, Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Triple. TikTok is at Iceman90. You can look it all up under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'll be pulling a sign off later on tonight. Put on the podcast on Beanpot, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review and a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, my originals, 2,322 subscribers. Five years ago, I started this. I don't have any subscribers. It's just me and an iPad over there talking to a camera. And it's grown to all this. So, again, couldn't do any of this stuff without you guys. I appreciate you guys. Give me some, some thumbs up. Share this out. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports Strawberry Ice. I appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow, I would not be doing a show tomorrow because Son of Ice, or some people call him Sperm of Ice, uh, turns 23 tomorrow. So we are going out as a family. So I will be taking tomorrow off, but I will be back Thursday. Like I said, next Friday, not this Friday, next Friday, we will be at Brink Brewery. Uh, I don't know who's going to be there with me. I don't know if I'm going to have a guest. I just know I'm going to be there. Uh, you guys come out and uh, join the show. Maybe you show up. Maybe I'll put you on. Who knows? Uh, but come out there, enjoy some delicious Jackpot Joey beer, and just have a great time. Bengals play the Falcons this Friday. I cannot wait. You guys have a great day, and I will see you on Thursday. Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya! <laughs>